or if you're in a singles ministry, all of us are meeting together this Wednesday night, 7.30 here. Now, the Wednesday after that is going to be a leaders meeting for just the men. So the 31st of January will be just a men's leaders meeting, 7.30 here uh, at the school. Now, I want to make sure we all understand our, our theme for this year is 2 Corinthians 5.7, where we live by faith, not by sight. And that's why we're going through Hebrews 11, looking at the people that are in what's considered the hall of faith uh, by God. And so we're going through each of these individuals to see why they were considered such faithful men or women in the Bible. Now, we talked about uh, several already, uh, but let me make sure we're clear. Next month, February, we're also going to conduct two different classes. There's going to be a leadership class once a month, the first Sunday in the month. So we'll have a leadership class uh, for anybody that wants to be a part of it. It's going to last about 45 minutes. It'll be right after church. Um, and then we'll also have a new Christians class the third Sunday of every month. So if you uh, become a Christian in the last year or two, or you just want to learn how to deepen your Bible study, deepen your faith even more, you are welcome to attend that. So that's for anybody, family, friends, whoever wants to be a part of that, we will do that uh, monthly. Now so far we've talked about the faith of Abel and how both he and his brother Cain, they both gave a sacrifice, but Abel's sacrifice was pleasing to God because he didn't just give, but he went beyond that to where it stretched them to the point of, I have to rely on God for the rest of my time, my finances, with what I'm giving. So it wasn't just about giving, but it was even beyond his normal means. Then we looked uh, last week at Enoch and how Enoch walked with God. He walked the same, to the same place, at the same pace. He walked the same path. As God. And so we talked about how do you walk with God? Well, today, as we uh, look in Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to start in verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch walked, was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. But because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is important. This is the first month in 2018, and we're calling it Manuary because we're doing all we can to help convert, help plant the seed of faith, which could produce fruit even later this year in the men that are in this city. Now, I want to give you a challenge even before I start out. All of us know at least one guy that's not in our church. Everybody knows at least one male species that's not in the church. I want to challenge you to share your faith. Invite them to church. Invite them to one of our midweek things. Invite them to whatever it may be. They could be married, single, teen. Does not matter. But we all need to do our part in just sharing with the man 
this month. This month isn't even over yet, so even if you haven't done it yet, you still got time to do it. But let's do this, and let's make sure, even if they're not becoming a Christian this month, you don't know when God's timing is. But you have to start now in order for something to occur later on. And so no matter who it is, it could be your family member, it doesn't matter. Let's not let Manuary go by without sharing our faith with men. Amen? Now it says in verse 7, Hebrews 11, verse 7, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You know, a lot of what we know, or at least what we think we know about Noah, comes from our kids' kingdom classes, comes from those little books we get that pop up, and there's an ark and a giraffe and all that stuff, or television. What, that's the picture we have of Noah. You know, he comes off the ark, there's a rainbow, there's two, you know, monkeys next to him, two giraffes or whatever. And then we, and all this green grass and flowers are booming up and we think that's what happened. Well, I want to take us on a little journey through what the Bible says actually happened and give us a different thing. Because I'm convinced that as we do this, we're going to be encouraged to see Noah was just like us. Noah had his issues, but yet he still was faithful to God. Now, we can't cover all of Noah's life in the, in, the, in the short time that I have because it talks about it in six different chapters in Genesis. But we can get enough out of it to help change our perspective and to see, you know what? He was faithful. I also can be faithful, just like Noah was. So let's look in Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to give you some little background history to build up to it. Genesis 4, we're going to start in verse 25. It says, Adam lay with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son, and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and named him Enoch. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. So Seth was Adam and Eve's son. Abel was killed, and Cain was cast, he wasn't cast out, but he left. So then they had no one. So God still said, there's going to be a promise through you, Adam and Eve. And so he gave him another son by the name of Seth. In Genesis chapter 5, we look in, uh, it starts about in verse 6, where Seth, when Seth lived 105 years, he became the father of Enoch. So it starts with Seth, and then it goes seven different generations more. We end up in verse 28, and it says, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Now one thing that's interesting here, you remember what happened with Cain and Abel. God cursed the ground at that point in time. And then there was all these people born, but not until Noah's time when he was born did it say, You are going to help us deal with the curse of the ground. So there was something about Noah, even from the day he was born, that God had an eye on him. Noah's name literally meant rest or comfort. And ironically, we're going to take a look and see that he got neither rest nor comfort in his life. Look in verse 32. It says, after Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. He was 500 years old and had kids. He had no rest in his life. Can you imagine 500 years old and all of a sudden now he's starting to have kids? Now, what's interesting is that of all the great things he did, none of us know his wife's name. And you know she had a hand in all that was going on. She wasn't rebellious. She wasn't an ungodly wife. She was a great wife, but we don't even know her name. 
And see, this shows us something else again. It's not about getting a popularity. It's not about your name and status. You can still be a righteous person even if you're the one behind the scenes making it happen. So in chapter 6, verse 6, The Lord was grieved that he had made man on earth, and his heart was filled with pain. God looked upon the earth and he saw all the wickedness, all that was going on, and he was grieved by this. Now, to a large degree, he was grieved because of God's righteousness. So, in other words, he made man, but God, being who he is, saw the sin of man, and it broke his heart because he knew he had to punish the sin. Not so much the people, but the sin had to have accountability. There had to be consequences to the sin. And being who he is, he's a loving God, but he just can't tolerate sin without consequences. So in his mind, he knew something had to be done, and it broke his heart. It grieved him because he knew there has to be a consequence to the sin. So in verse 8, it says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Even though all the earth was wicked, there was something about Noah that God found favor in his eyes. This is what you call the grace of God. And this is what we're going to see. Noah was far from sinless, but he was faithful in what he did. There was nothing that merited God to choose him. But God said, this is the one that I found favor in. Look in verse 13, uh, chapter 6 again, verse 13. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people for their ways. Wait, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. God comes to Noah and reveals his plan. I'm going to destroy everybody, all flesh, everybody living on earth, animals included, except you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Everybody else is going to die. So then he gives them instructions on building the ark. Now, I don't think we can really comprehend how ridiculous it sounds to Noah what God was saying. Because when we look in Genesis 1 and 2, there is no sign that it had ever rained on the earth before. So Noah had no idea, what are you talking about a flood? And what is this ark thing? And, and, and I just don't understand. I'm going to build this ark to save me from a flood. He couldn't understand God's plan. Well, this is point number one for our lesson today. Faith is trusting in God even if we don't understand the plan. Faith is trusting in God even if we don't understand the plan. Now, now here's the problem with many of us. I'm not going to say everybody because I don't know everybody, but many of us. We want to understand the plan before we do anything about it. And sometimes we want to feel good about the plan. I don't need to just understand it. i got to feel good about it before we do it. And see, this is not being faithful. As long as it's biblical, as long as it's from God, that needs to be enough. But many times when there's consequences for sin, Someone's in sin, and then someone goes to challenge them. What's the response? They get angry at the person challenging them. Then they get angry at the church, as if the church did something, instead of realizing there's consequences to your sin. It's not the person delivering it. It's not the church. It's your sin. And although we may be challenging people, it grieves us to even have to have those talks with people. Now, some of us got to get over the sentimentality. See, it wasn't as many amens on that one, was it? Because we're such good friends, you know, I, I just, I just, I, you know, there's some things that you could probably, probably change. What? That sin grieves God, hurts God, hurts his people, hurts his church. 
There's consequences to your sin. But just because you don't under fully stand it doesn't mean you can't follow it. No one's like, well, now wait a minute, God. Well, let me show you. Because we get upset over little bitty things. Listen to how, why Noah is in the hall of faith. God is saying, I'm going to cause a flood, and the ark that you build is going to save you, your wife, your sons, and their wives. So Noah at this time and his boys are saying, well, wait a minute. What about grandma? Wait a minute. What about my cousin? Wait a minute. What about all these other people in our family? God is saying, they're going to die. And Noah's like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You want me to build something that's going to put me also responsible for killing my family? Noah could not understand God's plan at all. And see, we struggle with somebody calling us on our purity. God is calling him to build an ark and listen to his family bang on the door as they drown and die. And Noah's saying, if this is what you want, God, I don't understand this, but I trust you. That's faith. Because we don't want to follow what is clearly there unless we feel good about it and understand the results. And that's not faith. That's playing church. That's playing Christianity. Jesus died for you, but yet you said, unless I fully understand this and agree, I just, I just don't see what you're doing. And you're controlling. I don't like your attitude. The church is controlling. I don't like its attitude. So this is not righteous. I'm going elsewhere. Seriously? We've got to be able to trust by faith. If it's what the Bible is saying, and it's that clear, what do you mean clear? No hint of sexual immorality. No impurity. Deal with your anger. Love your wives as you love yourselves, husband. Respect your husband. How much more confusing could that be? That's pretty clear. But wait, I don't really feel good about you saying that to me. Well, let's let the Bible say it to you. How do you feel about that? See, this is it. Some of us are so nice and sensitive. I just don't want to hurt anybody. It's not about you. It's about being right with God and carrying out his righteousness. This is why he was in the hall of faith. He had enough faith in God that even though God said something that was crazy, that I'm sure he did not feel good about knowing his family was about to die. Nobody would feel good about that. There's going to be things you don't feel good about. But if it's in the Bible, if it's what God's calling us to do, we've got to have the faith to follow God's plan. That's the first thing we need to look at. We can stop right there. That could be enough, but I got a little bit more. Number two, faith is shown in our obedience to God. Not our obedience to our discipling partner. Not our obedience to the church, which, first of all, there is no the church. We act like it's a human being or something. That's ridiculous. But it's our obedience to God's command. In chapter 6, verse 22, after God told him how to do all this stuff and what's going to happen, it says Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now, we don't know exactly how long it took for Noah to build this ark. He started... 500, he had kids. He didn't get into the ark at 600. You know, his kids helped him build the ark. So however long it took for them to grow up, get married, learn how to build stuff, it probably took him 50 to 60 years to build the ark. That's a long time to think this stuff through. That's a long time to know I'm hammering this in there knowing I'm not going to see grandma anymore. I'm knowing my dad is done. I'm knowing my, my cousins, they're all going to die. But he still kept hammering in faithful. Not only that, people started talking about him. You, you know people talked about him. Nobody knew what rain was or a boat. What is a boat? What you building there? Building an ark? 
Everybody laughing at him. But you know what? You never saw one time where it says Noah just said enough's enough, threw the hammer down, and just went to work on everybody. He didn't retaliate. He didn't start fighting. He didn't start cussing them out. He didn't start doing those things. Look in 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll come back to Genesis, but 1 Peter 2, verse 23. You know what? Noah responded the same way Jesus did. 1 Peter 2, verse 23. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Listen to me. When people insult you, do you insult them back because they started it? People do something to you, do you get them back because they deserve it back? Because that's the way they started it, so I'm going to make sure they know I'm not no little wimp. You mess with me, I'm going to mess with you. He said he did not retaliate. Your wife says something that's rude, disrespectful to you, do you snap back because she says something? I got to put her in her place. You better check yourself, woman. Get on in the kitchen. How do you respond? Ladies, as soon as a man says something, you know how y'all can give him that look. See, do we respond in a sinful nature way? Or do we do like Jesus, like Noah? We just trust in God. My dad used to always tell me, you don't act a fool because somebody else acts a fool. We got to think. We got to understand. Look at what it says in 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter 2 verse 4. Just the next book over. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on his ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For the righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is specifically true of those who follow the corrupt desires of the sinful nature and despise authority. Listen, no matter what you're going through, God knows how to rescue you. You may not see a way out, but God already has the way out. He's already got it situated. You're having challenges in your marriage, God already has a plan. You're going to be fine. You just need to trust in me. You don't like the job. You don't like the school. You know, I appreciated my daughter goes to uh, the high school that had a girl that was stabbed and killed at lunch. And then two other people got stabbed the next week. And so I'm kind of like wondering, okay, how are you doing with all this stuff? You just became a Christian in October. How are you holding up? And she said, all I think about is what it says in Hebrews 13, never will I forsake you, never will I forsake you. And I'm like, that's a little bit better than I probably would have handled that. I appreciate that. That's a good heart. But you know what? God... He's got you. And this is what we need to understand. There's no need to retaliate. There's no need to snap back. We need to make sure we're being like Noah and Jesus. Look back in Genesis 7 again. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Um, Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and his male, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its male, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep the various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth, and 40 days for 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. 
And Noah did all that God had commanded him. You know, first of all, before I get into this, you notice he said take seven clean and then two are clean. All those pictures you see with just two by two going on the ark, that's not biblical. Now, I hate to crush some of y'all. I know Cherry probably happy. But I just want to make sure you understand, if they were on the ark, they get off, and then they sacrifice these two cows, there should be no cows on the whole earth. It wasn't just two that he was taking in the ark. He had more than two. Okay, that's just for your knowledge later on. You can go to work and say, hey, I know something you don't know. That's good. But the Lord said, go into the ark. I have found you righteous in this generation. You know, only two times is the word righteous used here. This is the second time. The first time, he says Noah was found righteous in God's eyes. And now he calls him righteous again. This is when the Bible first called a man righteous, and that was Noah. So what was it about Noah that made him righteous? Well, keep your finger there, but look in Hebrews 11, verse 7, or look on the screen, either one. Hebrews 11, verse 7, I'm going to go back. We read this in the beginning. By faith, Noah... When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. There's nothing here that indicates Noah was righteous because he did something. It says, by faith, Noah was righteous. The same thing that made Noah righteous can make you and me righteous. Our faith. See, so many times, many of us, myself included, got caught up in, if I do these things, then I'm a great disciple, a great Christian. I'm righteous. It's about your faith. Because you can do a lot of stuff without faith, and it's going to be for nothing. But it's by your faith. See, by your faith, do you think you can either convert some, a man in Manuary, or at least plant a seed that he will eventually become a Christian? Your faith right now determines that. See, your faith right now determines how this whole year goes in the Bronx region. You got to realize, according to your faith, it will be done. So, do you have the faith that manuary exists and we're going to make something happen this month? See, here's the thing when life gets you down, faith will lift you up. No matter what's going on, when life gets you down, faith will lift you up. Immediately when he got in the ark, it started to rain. Now, you got to picture this they're in the ark, it's raining. Now, the ark isn't just going to be like in the movies and it just goes up slowly. It's going to be tossing and turning. It's going to be, and you think you see sick now. Imagine on there with some lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. You're going to be just rolling all over in here, and, and the animals is pooping, and poop is sliding all over the ark. And you're going to have all kind of stuff. You're going to feel sick. Where are you going to go? You can't go nowhere. You're going to be in the ark, and all this turmoil is going on. And as all this is happening, you hear somebody outside screaming, banging. And then his son, Ham, says, wait, 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 that's Grandma." Can't open the door. Wait, wait, wait. That's uncle. Got to let him stay out. Wait, 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 wait. It doesn't matter who it is, son. Keep the doors closed. You talk about faith. And you know his kids are like, I don't understand you, dad. You're a little weird. What's going on? No, son, I'm faithful and righteous. This is what God commands. This is what I'm going to do. Again, this is where each of us as a parent needs to set an example for our kids. They may look and say, I don't understand why you're going to church Sundays and Wednesdays and going to this mission group and you reading your Bible every day. This is weird, Dad. If I wasn't, I'd probably be throwing stuff at you, beating you down, in jail, doing life. I mean, you better be glad I'm a Christian, if anything else. Noah and his family remained on the ark for another 11 months after the rain stopped. And just imagine again what that must have been like, being cooped up in this ark. We don't have any pets. 
Well, I got two, 19 and 16. But we don't have, okay, I was joking, y'all. Look at y'all, I get all serious. My kids aren't my pets. They're just living with me for free. But not only was it drama outside, but there was a lot going on inside this ark. But then look in chapter 8, verse 6. I know I didn't give y'all this one, but it's verse 6 through 11. It's kind of just popped in my head. I want to share with them. Genesis 8, verse 6. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find no place to set his feet before there was water all over the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it in and brought to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in his beak was a freshly plucked olive, olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. Time went on, water receded, they get out the ark. Now it's not like in the book, you see, where they get out and there's flowers blooming and the rainbow, all that stuff. Because you got a picture, everything has been covered for over a year. There's no vegetation that can grow. All the people had died. See, you sit out a raven, but the raven doesn't come back. Why? Because ravens are nasty birds. So they go out and all the dead bodies, they can land on a dead body and start eating the dead bodies. A dove isn't like that. A dove looks for a place, it couldn't find it, so it returns to the ark until it can find an olive branch, a tree. But the ravens, they're out there eating the dead bodies, the dead animals. That's where they're functioning. So when he gets off the ark, it's not, oh, happy day. He's looking out there and there's millions of dead bodies, animals. I mean, it's just mud because there's no plants growing. I mean, it's, it's a, not a pretty scene when he gets off the ark. I'm not trying to mess you up. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. But then you got to remember, when life gets you down, faith will lift you up. Look in verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds. He sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I, as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. They stepped off the ark, and this leads to my third point. Faith allows you to worship regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstances. Your faith will allow you to worship. They get off the ark. They're not looking for food. They're not looking for shelter. The first thing they do is they worship God. Now you would think, okay, there's all kind of issues here. Look at my situation. There's dead everything, death all around me. But you know what? My first thought is I'm going to worship God. This right here needs to challenge all of us. Because some of y'all, even here today, man, woke up and thought, I really don't feel like going to church. I could use a little more sleep. My back hurt. My knees hurt. I'm tired. We could have had all kinds of excuses. But honestly, our first inclination needs to be to worship God. Even if you felt like not doing it, I thank God you pushed yourself through and still made it here. Now all we got to do is make it here by 10 o'clock. Whole front section, amen. Whole back section looked at me. I'm not sure if y'all know, but we start church at 10 o'clock. I just want to make that clear because I know it probably was confusing seeing it in our calendars for 10 years. But faith allows us to worship regardless of our circumstances. 
And this is important because I've been in a congregation where people say, you know what, I just have a problem with this sister and I just can't even worship no more. She's just, mm, 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 on my last nerve. I ain't have but three of them and she on the last one. Sometimes we allow people to affect our worship. When we all know we need to come to worship God, we're not coming to worship people. So let me, let me just break it down here as I close out here with some, a couple of practical things that we can look at and learn from Noah. I had a little bit more, but I'm, I'm going to keep us going here. Um, no, 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 I'm going to say it like that. Not only that, but the fourth point is this. Faith will lead us to a godly life. Your faith will lead you to a godly life. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1 through 7, God talks to Noah and tells him how he needs to live his life. Verse 1, then God blessed Noah and his son, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air upon every creature that moves along the ground, and upon all the fish of the sea that are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I have gave you green plants, I now give you everything, including chitlins. He gives us everything. Well, but you must not eat meat that is, has <laughs> his lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each man too, I would demand an accounting for the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall the blood be shed. For in the image of God, he has God made man. Now here's something interesting. Again, Noah had all the animals come on the ark. They lived on the ark happily, happy, you know, leave it to beaver family of animals for a year plus. Then when they get off the ark, he said, all that's going to end. Now you need to reign over them. Now they need to fear you. That unity you had inside that ark is now done. You are the ruler of earth and everything in it. They need to fear you. Then he says, you know what? Because of this, I'm going to give you a covenant. We're going to establish a covenant. Now many people thought Adam and Eve had the first covenant. But it doesn't say they had a covenant with God. This is the first time it's used that there's a covenant now between God and man. And that is going to be the rainbow that he puts in the sky. He said, now why is he doing that? That is so important. Think about it. No one in this family never experienced rain before. So after this flood, when they get off the ark, if ever there was another storm that came up, thunder or a raindrop, they would have been so freaked out. They would have grabbed each other. Miss Noah, come over here. Ham, Jephthah, come over here. It's happening again. They would have been freaking out. But God said, no, 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 I'm going to give you a rainbow. Why? So you can see I'm making a covenant with you. I will never destroy the earth again by water. So now they see rain coming. They gather all together. And he says, but you know what, son? It's not a big deal because God had already made a covenant with us. He's already promised us. So it may rain, but it's not going to be like it was before. Just trust in God. And this kid's like, okay, Pop, you're right. I didn't believe you the first time, but it all worked out. I'm going to trust you here. So just that rainbow was a sign of faith in the covenant that they had with God. Guys, we need to look at that and see that is God still promising us a covenant relationship for each of us. We don't need to freak out. We don't need to get upset. Even when life throws us hard challenges, we can relax because God's got it covered. So practically speaking here, as we close out, first challenge is this. Challenges doesn't mean God is punishing you. Just because you go through things does not mean God is punishing you. Noah had to go through all this stuff, but God still had him go through the flood and rebuild his life afterwards. 
It didn't mean that he was being punished. It just means God challenges you because he loves you and wants to build your character. We can't look at everything that happened. Oh, God is mad at me. God is hating me. God. No, 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 no. He's trying to help you build your character. It will change your life, but he is trying to help you. Secondly, God prefers to take you through trials, not remove you from trials. See, he could have removed them from this, but that wasn't his whole plan. His plan is to take us through things so we can grow. Look at it. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They had to get cast into the the furnace, but yet God was still with them. Daniel, cast into the lion's den, but God is still with them. Jesus, dying on a cross, but God was still there. God will have you go through things. He's not going to remove them from you. We're, none of us are going to just have a, a trouble-free life. That's not reality. You're going to go through things. But remember, God knows how to rescue people. And then lastly, worshiping God is the best solution to any problem you have. Any problem you have. The fact that the first thing Noah did when he came out of the ark was to worship God indicates that he had a consistent priority in his life of putting God first. Brothers and sisters, no matter what's going on, when life gets you down, faith will lift you up. Noah was a man of faith. He knew it was going to hurt his family. He knew it could hurt his friends, but yet he was going to be obedient to God and that his faith would deliver him in the end. I want to challenge all of us to live the way Abel did, the way Enoch did, the way Noah did, and live a life of faith. And to God be the glory. Amen.